And we're back. One more segment on Inside Black and Gold. I said the right name that time. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. And let's just get right into it. If you haven't subscribed, you should do that. Uh, I feel like I've told you that already. I guess I should say it again. Follow us on YouTube at WWL Sports. Follow us on Twitter at States underscore pod. And first things first, we're going to get into the defensive line. We've already broken down all the offensive positions. So now let's break down the defensive positions. I think this is probably the easiest position to project in terms of there are nine names up here, and I cannot envision a single one of these players missing the roster. That's Carl Granderson, Cam Jordan, Tano Passigno, Peyton Turner, Isaiah Foskey at defensive end, then Malcolm Roach, Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard, Brian Brazil at defensive tackle, keeping nine defensive linemen. Maybe you keep more, maybe, uh, but I don't think you keep less. I, I don't know how you go any other route than those nine guys. Yeah, and I mean, what a difference you see here, obviously, in this lineup. We've talked about that before, too, with the turnover. The first four names have been around, but other than that, everybody else is pretty much new on this uh, D-line for this team, and it's going to be interesting to see how that all comes together. But, um, you know, I've been really loving what Carl Granderson has put out for this team and really seems to be a guy that's taken – I'm not to say giant leaps every year, but definitely taking baby steps forward and has progressed, I feel, has become a real true key part to the rotation here. He's gotten better every season. That's all yeah, That's all sure. you can hope for for guys is that, you know, how how good what, – what did they do last year? How did they develop from last year to this year, especially for a young player, and he's done that. Um, so I, I agree with you. He's gotten more snaps. He stole Marcus Davenport's snaps last year. Yeah. Um, he ended that game in Cleveland – with a sack of Deshaun Watson, you know, he's not affected by cold. So I guess that's a good thing because Cam Jordan is a wuss when it comes to cold. <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess you do need someone who can go out there shirtless before those winter games. Yeah. And and like you said, the only change on the defensive end part of the equation is Isaiah Foskey, the rookie coming in. So you are banking on Carl Granderson, Peyton Turner having a role here, you know, and hopefully that's the case. Peyton Turner has been healthy throughout minicamp and OTAs. So that's nice. You know, he hasn't been limited in terms of his workload. Hopefully that continues. The cuts, defensive tackle, Jaron Cage, defensive end, Jabari Zuniga, defensive tackle, Prince Amili, defensive end, Nico Lalos, and defensive tackle, Jack Heflin. Again, you know, you know, one of these guys might, one of these defensive tackles maybe stands out and suddenly you keep a 10th and it's a defensive tackle. Maybe somebody gets hurt. I don't know. But none of these guys are are screaming to get on the roster at this point. So I think, like I said, this is one of the easier positions to project. Yeah, and I, I've you know you read stuff obviously online. There's been a little bit of whispers about what if the Saints try to get up, you know, uh, add another piece of the D line, maybe like bringing back a guy like uh, Al Qadim Muhammad, Yannick Ngakwe is still out there, kind of thing. I I just don't know if there really is that need there. I mean, you look at it right now and to me i'm hoping i'm hoping and i know the saints are fans are as well is that peyton turner is got to take that really big step this year for for this team and be more of a factor than he's been and that's obvious yeah and again I, like i think there's a chance you you add a piece and maybe keep a 10th defensive lineman but i still don't see barring injury any scenario where these nine guys aren't on the roster. Yeah, I agree. You know, like maybe Malcolm Roach, but you you brought him back this year. You know, you like him. Maybe Tano Passanio, but again, you re-signed him this offseason. You like him. He's just a veteran guy who you trust. 
he's wearing 92 now. And I'm sure when people get out there for training camp, they're going to be like, well, I thought they got rid of that guy. No, it's a different guy now. Um, that's just like, that's the case with a few guys. Foster Morrow looks very much like Adam Troutman in the number 82. Jesse James looks just like Nick Vanette in the 81. That's just kind of the par for the course. But um, yeah, I, I could see, you know, yeah, right. You mentioned them and Yannick and Gakwe, guys like that. Uh, but for now, I think you're just going to see what you have in Peyton Turner. And if you get the impression that he's just not going to be that guy, then you and you have to bring in somebody else. Sure. But I think you're going to give him every opportunity to contribute. Yeah, agreed. I think I, yeah, they have to. It's a must. And yeah, Peyton Turner, it's his job to definitely lose. And if that is not happening during camp, yeah, then then I could see the body being brought in. But I, I just thought that was a little early maybe on some speculating, but definitely not out of the realm of, of question. I agree, but let's move on to what I would consider the weakest position in terms of depth. And if I was going to guess the position that you would be most likely to add an extra body at, you know, the, I, the free agent market is not thick with, <laughs> but with, with names you love, but no. you could probably go find somebody that's linebacker. Right now I'm keeping six. That's Zach Bond, Demario Davis, Andrew Dowell, DeMarco Jackson, Anthony Orgy, and Pete Werner that has not changed. And I haven't seen anything to make me think it will. If anything, you might add a piece and drop Anthony Orgy because he hasn't done enough and you feel like you need to find someone else. I still don't know who's going to be your backup will if Pete Werner goes down. I really don't. DeMarco Jackson, I think, is in good shape to be the backup Mike and probably Sam. Linebacker Zach Bond is probably your starting Sam linebacker in a very limited role to begin with. Andrew Dow is a special teams ace. I don't think you're going to move on from him. And I think Anthony Orgy of the next five names has done enough to be there on that list. He's probably the most NFL ready build of the young guys at linebacker. He made a nice play in coverage on Brian Edwards in practice on the third day of minicamp. But again, I think, you know, this, this group does not, blow me away beyond the starters and Pete Warner and DeMario Davis. And, you know, maybe you never have to answer the question of who backs those guys up. These guys are typically have been healthy, but you know, that's a tough spot to be in where you just don't have any depth. Yeah, I know everyone. We're all hoping for more development from Zach Bond and the, the, the question of obviously the two lane kid, Nick Anderson. Uh, everybody's hoping that, you know, he can make this roster pretty much, from what we've seen so far, I think it's pretty safe. If he does, it'll be a practice squad guy. Just, you know, haven't been able to see enough from him and just, you know, that undersized linebacker, you know, the, the hope that he can rise up and be the, you know, the next great small guy at, at the position uh, doesn't always happen. I, I just think the saints, if there is a role for him here, it's going to be practice squad. He's not going to make the 53 man roster. Sorry, Tulane fans. He's just so small. (laughs) I mean, he's just so small. And you see it, you know, it's like you see him in person and you're like, okay, he's got a good build. He's thick. (laughs) They see him standing out there next to like DeMario Davis and Pete Warner. And you're like, geez, he is so freaking small. You see him in a group of the safeties and he's like, yeah, okay. Is he that guy? You know, and I think that's, I think for Nick Anderson to make this roster, he's got to be able to cover at an elite level for a linebacker. I just haven't seen it. He could develop that. He'd get better. But I haven't seen it thus far. And it's like, it's not, I'm not going to put him on the roster just because he's a fun story. You know, I, I have more, I, I have more uh, pride than that 
And uh, yeah, speaking of Tulane, Bennett Lee's ruining LSU baseball's hearts. Uh, another Tulane guy who was on the baseball team till last year. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think this group is the group you're going to go with until you bring in somebody else. And I don't hate it. I don't hate the group. I'm just saying in terms of the position groups it's that... It's not as strong, right? You probably need to consider shuffling in some way. This is it. And it's like, this is a team that's been doing that, right? They don't draft the position. They bring in bodies. Quan Alexander, for example, like that's just something they do. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody shakes loose on a roster that they they consider bringing them. Totally agree there. Just because, yeah, we'll say it over and over. Demario Davis and Pete Warner are definitely your only definites, I would say, at this at this spot. And you feel fine about that. Like I have no issues with the starting level of the Saints linebacker group. Zach Bond is obviously not elite at that Sam position, but you barely use it anyway. And I think he is a good pass rushing linebacker. He's a good tackling linebacker. He he contributes on special teams, so you could do worse. So I, I don't have an issue with it. When you play the Titans in week one, he's going to have to show up. And I think in matchups like that, where you're dealing with a power run attack with a big bruising runner, you're going to need that Sam linebacker to come up and make some tackles, make some plays. But you know, in most cases, he's not going to be there in coverage. Yeah, um, hopefully Zach Bond can be that guy maybe that uh, picks up some of those sacks that Caden Ellis got last year. I agree with you. All right, one more position group left, and this is an interesting one. It's a big one. I'm keeping 10 defensive backs. Stop. That's the same number I had before, but I have had to make some changes because on the first edition of this, I left Jordan Howden off the roster because I just – wasn't sure what to expect from him. I knew I think he was going to have to show something to earn a roster spot more so than just be gifted a roster spot based on draft status. And I think he has done that. I think he has looked good. I think he has looked solid in the sense that you could conceivably see him getting real playing time as a rookie, definitely special teams reps. And the player that I dropped to add him was Jonathan Abram. And it's not because of anything Jonathan Abram has done negatively. It's just if you are close between a rookie draft pick that you just brought in and a veteran kind of mercenary that you brought in, I think you're going to lean toward the draft pick. And that's what I'm doing here, right? Like I'm not going to, if, if I kind of feel similarly about Jonathan Abram and Jordan Howden, I'm keeping Jordan Howden. And so that's what I'm doing here. The others I'm keeping that are obvious, Paul Sandebo, Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby, Alante Taylor, Obvious. Don't need to talk about that. Ball all have looked solid. Bradley Roby, I think, is going to be your starting slot corner. And Alante Taylor has gotten third team slot reps, slot reps, slot slot reps, slot reps. And I find that interesting. Then JT Gray, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. Those guys are on the roster. One I'm interested to see definitely when pads come on for sure is a guy like Jonathan Abram, just because I feel like that's his game, obviously, and we haven't been able to really see him shine at all without the pads on for sure and there's a lot there's a, there's a lot to be to be learned about these guys there are two more defensive backs that i'm keeping on the roster one is ugo amadi who i swapped with isaac yadam i had isaac yadam on the initial roster and i swapped ugo amadi in there and i'll get to the reason for that in a second the other is lonnie johnson jr who i think has a lot of value in the sense that he can play both outside and at safety, he kind of fills that Justin Evans role. I mean, it just makes sense. I think he he fits what you're trying to do a lot better. Ugo Amadi and Isaac Adam, I feel like, are very, very close to each other. The reason I went with Ugo 
is you need a backup slot corner more than you need a backup outside corner because the numbers at outside corner benefit you in terms of Bradley Roby and Alante Taylor are going to battle for that spot. And then if you need him to go outside, you have no qualms about moving Bradley Roby out there. But in order to do that, you would need someone backing up Bradley. And so Isaac Adam has been getting the second team reps at outside corner, but Ugo Amadi has been getting the second team reps at slot corner. And there is only one slot corner on the field. So that puts you higher in the pecking order than the second team outside corner, because that means you are at best the fourth outside corner because one of Alante Taylor and Bradley wrote, I'm sorry, Paulson Adebo would be that CB three quote unquote. So Isaac Yadam, even though he's on the second team would be CB four. And that, that puts Amadi slightly higher. Plus he's looked good. He's made some plays. I think he has upside as a gunner, as a special teams player. So he's now taking that last defensive back spot. The cuts, as I mentioned, Abram, Yadam, then Anthony Johnson Jr., who is dealing with an injury we have not seen, Troy Pride Jr., Vincent Gray, Safety Smoke Monday, who I think has looked solid. I think he's kind of working his way up. He's not there yet. Um, and then defensive back Adrian Fry. Yeah, the uh, Lonnie Johnson Jr., I thought, was one definitely during at least OTAs, was someone I kept writing down his number, and I'm looking each time, and I'm like, who is that? So I'm definitely uh, interested to see more of him come training camp time. And then I think, uh, you know, touching on it with between Alante Taylor and Paulson Adebo, that's going to be one of the big camp battles to see who ends up taking that number two corner role alongside Marshawn. Yeah, and it's very much going to be a camp battle. Like Dennis Allen said that, it's very clear based on the splits that that's going to happen. Alante took the first team reps on day one, Paulson took the first team reps on day two, and then they handed them back and forth on day three. Um, that's going to be a fun one to watch, and – I don't know if we're going to get an answer until until the preseason games. Actually, I take that back. I don't think we're going to get a real answer until you start to get into the joint practices because the Saints are having two sets of joint practices. One, they're hosting here against the Texans, which is interesting because they play the Texans in the regular season. And then the second is on the road against the Chargers. They'll host okay. the Chiefs in the preseason. There's no joint practices for that. Then they will go on the road to face the Chargers. They're going to have joint practices out West, and then they're going to come back and host the Texans for joint practices before that final preseason game. So I think those are where you're going to really see them. And you know, you, you were out there in Green Bay last year. You could make a really valid argument, and I'd argue the correct argument, that those drills and practices are higher intensity at times than the preseason reps. Yeah, because you get to see, too, a lot more definitely reps for starters and even exactly. – you know, the, if there's a play that they want to, you know, see again, you'll see multiple times kind of get, you know, put in the same situation. I, I definitely love watching the joint practices. Plus, things to get, you know, they tend to get a little more chippy because guys are sick of practicing against one another. We constantly hear that wanting to hit somebody in a different uniform. And it ends up shaking out that way because, you know, the pride and all that, you know, machismo comes out on the line and people start talking and yapping. And that's definitely, like I said, you you get out there in those practices in the heat, even if it was Green Bay, th there was still a lot of chatter going on uh, between between guys. And even, uh, uh, not surprising, I guess, Aaron Rodgers, man, was, was loving, loving the trash talk out there. He was going back and forth with DeMario. 
Makes sense. You know, and the only thing I, you know, this is going to be the first time I think we've seen them do two sets of joint practices. Very and the cool, only yeah. concern I have is that the higher intensity of the practice, I think the higher chance you have of dealing with injuries. But again, this is football. So <laughs> anytime you go out and play real football, you risk an injury. You cannot protect football players from football. So I guess if if it's going to help you in the long run, I don't have any issues with it. I just do think you have to be careful, um, especially in that last set of joint practices. I highly doubt, you know, I think what will probably happen is you'll see really high intensity joint practices against the Chargers with a lot of starters getting a lot of reps. And then in that last week, you'll probably keep the starters out of a lot of reps, but you will get a lot of high intensity reps for guys who might, be fringe roster contenders who are trying to get make that last stamp on the roster, just like in that last preseason game. But I do think that back-to-back weeks of joint practices might be a bit much for guys like Alante Taylor. I'm sorry, for guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and hopefully we'll find out something. Uh, you mentioned Kamara, that August 27th final joint practice, you know, and final preseason game. Maybe we'll know something by then from the courts and NFL. I, although I don't know how quick a ruling will come down from the league. We're almost, you know, we're about 40 days away from that. Yeah. The start of that trial. So if there's going to be a settlement, you'd hope to hear about it soon. Cause <laughs> I, I it, like, it's going to be weird if they get to training camp and suddenly Alvin's not there because he's in an ongoing trial. That will be awkward. So for simplicity's sake, I'm hoping for for a settlement. Is that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just hoping too for Kamara's state of mind because I really don't know if if all the weight of the issues around him played an issue last season, but I I know for damn sure it didn't help. Yeah, I I think anyone would much rather not have to deal with that (laughs) than have to deal with that. I don't think that's a a very... uh, controversial statement but who knows these days all right let's wrap this podcast up thanks everyone for listening we went through the 53 man roster you can find this all on wwl.com i'm putting up a post wednesday morning to post alongside this podcast so if you listened and you want to go back and kind of get a full rundown of everyone who made the roster all 53 names and who got cut at what positions go check that out i also have you know, short breakdowns of each position. So it'll kind of help you go through it. But all right, y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks, Steve Geller, for returning to the state of Louisiana and rejoining the podcast. So it's not just me talking to a wall for uh, actually take the back, not just me talking to a, a image of myself for <laughs> for 45 minutes. But yeah, we're going to get more into this. If anyone wants to hear anything specific about on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak or hit Steve Geller up at Steve Geller WWL or hit Saints pod up at Saints underscore pod. I love how that's been growing. Uh, I saw that on vacation. Every little new follower, I got a notification about for the uh, Inside Black and Gold podcast Twitter. I was like, all right, keep killing it. Yeah, I mean, we're up to like 60 followers now. I mean, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. But I do judge podcasts if they've been around for like five years and have had a Twitter account and they have like 17 followers. Cause I see that all the time as I see these <laughs> podcast Twitter accounts and I look and it's like, geez. So at least we're up toward like the point where if I tweet something, there's somebody who's going to see it. Uh, but yeah. So if you haven't followed that yet, go check it out. I'm going to be, one of the things that has helped it is I've been posting a lot of camp videos, 
to yeah, that. So those that. are exclusive videos to us. It's stuff that I'm kind of taking off my own Twitter account and putting over there just because, you know, it's a good place for it. And I'm going to keep doing that. We'll have more of a plan for it. So we'll be posting some more original content from the episodes themselves. But for now, it's more just kind of like we're getting it off the ground. But yeah, so thank you to anyone who has gone and followed it already. If you haven't, go check it out. It's a good time. Turn on tweet notifications. That's a good way to find out when we post a new episode. Uh, And I won't be spamming it like I do with my Twitter account, complaining about how the Pelicans are trying to grift me out of my money. Anyway, (laughs) Why now? Would they try to sell you a a ticket package? They're always trying to tell me something. Anything but winning games. Oh, hey now. Yep. Draft is coming up on Thursday. Looking forward to that. Just kidding. I'm hoping they don't. I'm hoping that we still have Ingram and Zion on the roster. I don't see the... I don't. I don't see this great um, number two pick being Scoot. Uh, that's going to come in and be the difference maker for this roster. You think we could trade Mariah to the Hornets? <laughs> I wish. I, mean, I do too. I blocked her, but I still see her tweets. But I mean, that's a whole nother issue. It's like what? What is going on with Zion? Not just even now on the court. It's like off of it. There is a whole big mess. So the, the Pelicans are in for it right now. The mess, but that's 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 a problem for another podcast. Yes. All right. <laughs> another podcast entirely. Not another episode of this podcast. Another entity that is not our own. This is Inside Black and Gold. We talk about the Saints and complain about the Pelicans. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be coming back at you later in the week with something else. Don't know what it is yet. We'll figure it out. All right, y'all. Thanks for later. listening. Peace.